Section 5 of Egypt, Africa, and Arabia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia. The World Story, Volume 3. Egypt, Africa, and Arabia. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 5. How the Egyptians Painted Portraits by Amelia B. Edwards. The earliest Egyptian paintings to which it is possible to assign a date are executed in tempera upon the walls of certain tombs made for the noble personages who were contemporary with King Khufu, better known as Cheops, the builder of the Great Pyramid. In these paintings we see herdsmen driving herds of goats, oxen and asses, vintagers working the wine-press, scenes of ploughing, feasting, dancing, boating and so forth. There is no attempt at scenery or background. The heads are given in profile, but the eyes are given as if seen frontwise. The head being in profile, one would expect to see the body in profile, but this was not in accordance with ancient Egyptian notions. The artist desired to make as much of his sitter as possible, to give him full credit for the breadth of his chest and the width of his shoulders, and to show that he had the customary allowance of arms and legs. So he represented the body in front view, but he thus landed himself in a grave difficulty. To draw a pair of legs and feet in front view is by no means easy. It requires the knowledge of foreshortening, and the Egyptian artist was as ignorant of foreshortening as perspective. He, however, met this difficulty by boldly returning to the point from which he first started, and drawing the legs and feet in profile, like the face. Nor was this all. Having no idea of perspective, he placed every part of his subject on the same plane. That is to say, a man walking or standing has the one foot planted so exactly in front of the other that a line drawn from the middle toe of the front foot would precisely intersect the soles of both. I have sometimes wondered whether it ever occurred to an ancient Egyptian artist to try to place himself in the attitude in which he elected to represent his fellow creatures namely with his body at a right angle to his legs and his profile, he would have found it extremely uncomfortable, not to say impossible. Yet in this preposterous fashion he depicted princes and peasants, priests and kings, and even armies on the march. Strange to say, the effect is neither so ugly nor so ridiculous as it sounds. The outline is drawn with such freedom, and the forms, taken separately, are so graceful, that despite our better judgment, we accept the conventional deformity and even forget that it is deformity. When the ancient Egyptian artist had drawn the face and figure of his sitter, he proceeded to fill up the outline with color. If it were the portrait of a man, he covered the face, body, arms and legs with a flat wash of dark reddish-brown. If it were the portrait of a woman, he substituted a yellowish buff. Not that the men were in reality red-brown or the women yellow, but because these were the conventional tints employed to distinguish the complexions of the two sexes. He next indicated the eyebrow by a black line of uniform thickness, and for the eye he painted a black disc on a white ground. The garments and the border patterns of the garments, the necklaces, the bracelets, the rich belts, the elaborate headdresses were all treated with exquisite minuteness and in the same flat tint. 
such being his system of color it was of course impossible for our egyptian to represent light and shadow or the texture of stuffs or the flow of drapery his art in fact cannot be described as painting in our sense of the term he did not paint he illuminated inasmuch therefore as he excelled in the methods of illumination he was a singularly skilful craftsman but inasmuch as he has never been surpassed for purity and precision and sweep of outline or for the fidelity with which he produced the racial characteristics of foreign nations or for the truth and spirit with which he depicted all varieties of animal life he was undoubtedly and unquestionably an artist drawing only in profile and painting only in flat washes he could not and did not attempt to show the changing expression of the human face in joy or grief or anger the widow wailing over the mummy of her husband the pharaoh slaying his thousands on the field of battle looks out into space with the smiling serenity of a cherub on a tombstone but let rameses return to thebes after a victorious campaign in ethiopia or asia minor bringing a string of foreign captives bound to his chariot wheels and see then what our egyptian artist can do with nothing but his reed pen and his whole-coloured washes he produces a series of portraits of syrians libyans negroes and asiatic greeks which no english or french or american artist could surpass for living and speaking individuality and which probably none of them could do half so well if compelled to employ the same methods end of section 5 this recording is in the public domain